Welcome to probably our last 2022 outdoor broadcast of the Bill Bradley Collective. Uh, Zach said, let's leave it to our elder statesman. I took it as a bit of a shot. I said, we're going outside. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And it's nippy. Yeah, I would not have gotten a haircut and shaved my beard if I knew we were going to be outside today. <laughs> if, if I thought telling you that we were outside would keep you from shaving your beard, I would have done it. <laughs> Come on. Don't you want to buy insurance? <laughs> you, you actually look like your Christian rock album just hit number three. <laughs> yes. Uh uh, it's not platinum. It's uh, yeah, yeah. it's mauve. <laughs> bass player for Creed. Uh. So Andrew, my friend, hey. we are entering Heisman season. I'm going to give you an sir. easier question today. Oh boy! If Bryce what Young wins this year, which he won't, uh-huh. he's nominated, right? He's one of the five. Is he, he going to be in New York? He's not nominated. He's uh, he was fifth, I believe, in the voting. Uh, he, I don't think he will be there. It's Duggins there. Stroud, um, the USC quarterback, and Caleb the, Williams. And Caleb Williams. Oh, Caleb Williams, USC quarterback. Yep. TCU's Who's quarterback. Hurt? Duggan. Duggan. Uh, Stroud, Stroud. And um, it's not Bryce Young. It's a running back. Oh, uh, the kid from Michigan. The kid from Michigan. Yep. I, be- I believe is correct. Who's also hurt, I think. Right, he's yeah. hurt. Yep. Um, so if Bryce Young had won the Heisman this year, he would be the second player to win it twice. Who was the first player to win it twice, and is he dead or alive? It's uh, Archie Griffin. Yeah, I knew this was an easy one. Yeah, I I appreciate the <laughs> less work for me. Less work appreciate for me. the stocking stuffer there. Yeah. No, it's good. That's it's holiday season. season. We'll see. Here's where it gets tricky. That's a layup to end the season. Well, um, a lot. He's, he's, he's in the commercials, right? Yeah, he's in those he's yeah. in those cheesy commercials they do for yeah, like fucking he, Nissan. Right. Yeah. All that, Andrew. I just want to point out. <laughs> When Brandon said it was a layup, he mimed a three-pointer. How you doing, Zach? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm chilly. Yeah, it's a little nippy. It's uh, That is why the episode's a little briefer today. Um, oh, no, we we're, long. Long. we're long. We're long. We're long. All right. So, also an easy one. When Homer goes into space, he is not the person given a parade. Uh, the... Uranium rod. Oh, close. It's carbon. <laughs> what 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 other award had the carbon rod won? Before for over Homer at the start of the show. Sexiest man alive. No, Homer was the they have a they have No, a, it was a fucking nuclear power plant thing. Yeah, it, it was right. employee of the month. Right. Homer <laughs> was they had a union rule that everyone had to win. Um, Employee of the month uh, once. <laughs> right before yes. anyone could win it twice. And Homer was the only one who hadn't won it once, and so they gave it to a car- in, a, in a carbon rod. An inanimate carbon <laughs> rod, yes. Uh, Simpsons sometimes could be anti-labor. Okay, yeah. But they do have one of the best labor episodes. They do. Of right. on television. Yep. They, they, it's, it's, yes, it's a very episode. So, so, Dad, how are you doing today? Doing well. Now we're not doing an individual rant, so I'll leave it to you as the host yeah. of the of the show, the corraller of us miscreants. <laughs> what are we ranting about today? So, and, and rant is probably the wrong word. We're going to discuss um, the return uh, of Brittany Griner to the United States, and, and we certainly are pleased she's home. And we talk about the agreement and the blowback from the agreement. And then in our main topic, we go to another agreement 
which no one agreed to, the uh, imposition of a contract on the railroad workers. So what we're saying is basically, all right, hear me out. The Griner conversation is the EP, and the rail situation is the LP. Does that, does that, does that <laughs> yes. right? Let's go. Yeah, extended play, I, long play? The, right? I, I'm, tr- I'm shocked you remember extended play albums. They were only out for a couple of years. Yeah, the 90s when we were like 10 and 11. Yeah, and oh, no, were they so, still out? When we, were, we were like buying CDs then. Like, yeah, he right, didn't yeah. make an eight-track yeah. joke for yeah. you. No, I, the, the iPod didn't come out until the 2000s, man. Yeah. I just remember. You bought me LPs. EP. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, the only the EP I remember the best is the one that uh, Dire Straits did with Twisting by the Pool. That was the EP I owned. Dire Straits fucks. Yeah, they're Dire Straits fucks. Are they the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? They should, should be. be. Yeah. Should be. Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> Andrew, no, it's time to go. Andrew, <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, they're, I owe you a beer. They're probably, they're probably not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because Rush has their spot. And with Ooh. that, we'll be back with the Bill Bradley Collective. Driving into the crossroads of sports and politics, we are the Bill Bradley Collective. Here are your hosts, Ed, Zach, and Andrew. So, in lieu of individual rants, as we said, we are going to do a kind of combined rant. Um, we only, it's not a rant. We only do we only do these when like something comes up that's so important. Yeah. But it's not a main topic. Right. It, uh, it's stuff we covered in a main topic. Right. Yeah, it's like, it's like about it a follow-up. Right. We covered this May 24th? March May 24th. 20, May 24th. May 24th. We, we we did an episode on it. We we then referred to it one other time in a combined rant. Don't remember when that was. And then uh, we're doing it now. So it's like... it's like, <laughs> we, don't, we don't keep track of rants. Yeah, <laughs> those notes aren't that good. So, so, um, so really, it's a two-topic show with no additional cost for you. So... <laughs> Oh, and, and it will be – well, no, that's wrong. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say it's going to be the rant last, last rant of the season, but next week's Rantapalooza, so it's an episode of Entirely Rants. Right. So. Right. So, right. so it's, we're, we're just yeah, – all you're going to get a smorgasbord of rants uh, over the – and we had none last week. I'm very excited. I uh, As a preview, I have multiple rants about people leaving the Democratic Party. <laughs> Not one, but two. Um, so uh, are you are you one of them? <laughs> well, after our main maybe. topic, yeah. Af- yeah, when we get into our main topic, maybe. So, Andrew, do you want to just kind of break down uh, what has happened in the world of Brittany Grinder this week? Sure. So, yesterday, so they were recording on Friday, and uh, was it was Wednesday or Thursday? Sorry. Oh, Wednesday. It was, it was Wednesday. So, two days ago, in the early morning, get the Apple News thing on my phone that, like, Brittany Grinder has been, uh, they're doing the prisoner swap with... Um, Victor Bell, the angel of death. Merchant of death. Merchant of death, right. who was like a, a high-ranking Soviet military man turned arms dealer. And so they, they the whole prisoner swap that we talked about back in May came to fruition. There was I saw that video of them, was it in Abu Dhabi or like UAE where they had, where they were, they walked past each other. Yep. And that's like, that was quite a, it's just an interesting yeah, that's scene. Just the, that's just the best. Pretty, yeah. The fact that yeah. we, like, they could have, we could have just flown about to Russia and they could have just flown Griner home but like no I don't yeah. think you trust no I don't no, think you no, trust no, that we're going to make a, we're going to make a walk past each other yeah, no, you, you you can't trust that 
You, you can't trust him to walk home. Yeah, because your plane's going to land and it's just going to be some <laughs> Russian girl that's not pretty Griner. <laughs> it's Olga Corbett. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, I mean, the the video of, of Biden talking to Griner's wife, we're, I mean, you know, kind of touching. Um, and, you know, I mean, these prisoner swaps are always controversial. I mean, it's. It's a prisoner swap. Right. It, it's a guy who's so... Remember when Trump made a prisoner swap of, like... Seven for one. Like, was, Taliban guys? Yeah. Like, yeah. For, like, UCLA gave, basketball yeah, players? Yeah, he, like, gave something. Afghanis, <laughs> like, the balls? back no. the Taliban. And yeah. Like, like, yeah, it's always controversial, because we're always trying to get that one American home. Right. Like, we're always trying to get the American right. back to America. As terrible as this country can be, we don't kidnap... Um, people from foreign countries and hold them as hostages to get what we want from them. Like, that's not a thing the government does. Not yet. We, yeah, we I imprison, mean, we kill them with drones, yeah. but yeah. that's just everything. Yeah, we imprison war criminals that are like, this guy, is fucking, this is a Bond villain come to life. Yeah. Do a little research on this guy. He is literally straight out of, he's fucking Joe Don Baker and License they, to Kill. They made up. a Nick Cage movie about <laughs> it. Yeah, exa- no, exactly. No, he was in prison <laughs> for 10 years. Yeah, his, um, his, by the way, his term was like almost up. Right. It, I think he only had like a 15-year term. Right, it's it, it's it's a white Which collar. Shows crime. how great our justice system is. It's a they made co- a movie about how horrible he is. Fifteen it, years. It's a white collar crime. I mean, the fact he did, if he wasn't Russian, he wouldn't have done eight minutes in jail. I mean, look, look how much time Cheney spent in jail. Cheney, Cheney's. A you got it. Yeah, you're doing it. Uh, Would be an episode <laughs> about one. Get, you're getting there, buddy. <laughs> but anyway, did you think this was an appropriate thing for the administration to do? I mean, it was the thing they were always going to do. This was always the deal. In May, we talked about this being the deal. Like, this was, oh, it never changed off of this deal. It was always going to be Griner for Bout. That's what Russia wanted. We didn't have any leverage, uh, really, at all to get Griner out, other than just, like, international pressure, which doesn't affect Russia. But, like... This was always the deal. I mean, Andrew, were you surprised when you were like, oh, Balfour Griner, okay. I, surprised at like the timing, I suppose. Not surprised at like oh, the, the timing. Happened, yeah. I guess the time, it, it was it happened sooner than I, I think any of I think in the any moment of, any of us expected. Of us expected. Right. Um but that did again, like I said too, like that was what we talked about six months ago, seven months ago, that this was if there was going to be a deal, this was it. There was supposedly Pressure from the Russians and from some some of the places I read, pressure from the Russians to get kind of concessions on supplying Ukraine with arms or funds, and and that didn't like that was no. dead in the water. That never happened. Um, but let's get to the elephant in the room of this deal, which is Paul Whelan, a Marine who was arrested in Russia for spying. Um, I have seen bipartisan takes on this, not just from the right, but also from people on the left, um, not on the left, obviously, but liberals, uh, saying that Biden left a Marine behind, that this wasn't a good deal, that we shouldn't have taken it, that we traded um, a war criminal for a drug addict, you know, athlete. Where do you guys, like, where, where do you guys have you one? Have you seen this? Two, what is your response to this been? I've definitely seen that take all over Twitter. Um, yeah, it's fucked up. Uh, to 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 try to uh, use Griner in that regard is just it's sickening, really. Um, you can, you can, you, you these things aren't mutually like exclusive. You can 
be, you can be disappointed that Whelan is not also coming home while also being satisfied and feeling that, you know, right for that Brittany Griner is returning home. Like, in a perfect world, of course we'd want both of them to come home. But I think what I've, what I've read is that this was never going to be a two-for-one deal. It was going to be like one or the other. And it happened uh, to be Griner. We don't have a second Russian. Have, exactly. Like... And, and yeah, one I, is better than none. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's, if the deal was Brittany Griner spends ten years in a la- in a prison labor camp, and Paul Wieland also spends ten years <laughs> in a prison labor camp, I don't think we win that. I I just did not really. I saw the take everywhere, and I would say this, and I'm sure it's not a hundred percent this, but everyone I saw say it was this. Yes, as you said, they were not exclusively right-wing crazies. No. They were exclusively white men. Almost exclusively, Yeah, yes. I, I didn't see anybody who wasn't. And shockingly, they, th- they somehow found a way to find more value in the white male than they did in the black lesbian. And the other thing I would say is I thought, like, first of all, the charges are so disparate. Yeah, one is for spying and one the other is, is for a vape carpet. One country. is for espionage and the other is for an amount of marijuana that is legal in most states in this country, right? And she probably did not have, and he probably didn't commit espionage, but at least on the face of it, it made no sense. Um, And the other thing is... Well, there's the other half of that too, though. He's a, it's also a person who had a small amount of weed on him for a person who dealed arms and murdered yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. No, that's absolutely true. But again, his his yeah. The ter- flip side of that deal is not great either. No, well, no. Be, well, but it, but it wasn't going to be great. Like they don't, we don't yeah, have exactly. any Russians like, that, yeah. that are in for low level because we don't arrest Russians for smoking weed. Like, no, they're not. <laughs> no, we arrest black people for smoking weed. We don't arrest. Yeah, like it, no. it it it's it's one of those things. Like, yes, this is a disappointing deal. Yes, we did leave a marine behind. Yes, we chose an athlete over a Marine on the on the base of it, if you want to look at it, just on a surface-level thing. Yes, that is true on just a surface-level belief. Do we know that? that, but that the de- this was, just because it's a bad deal, or just because it's a disappointing deal, doesn't mean it's a bad deal. Like, it's, there. this was it. Like we we talked about this in May, we've talked about this after May. Like the, it, during the negotiations, this was never wheeling for bout. Like that was never put out there. It was never a one for one wheeling for bout. Like, would Biden have taken that? Also, too, like it, it's w- it's also true that the, I mean, Trump made prisoner swaps that seemed odd, but. But there wasn't a lot of criticism about those. But Obama gets what was his name? Bo Bidwell? Uh Bo Barn uh, Bo Bergdahl. Yes, Bo yeah. Bergdahl. Bergdahl. Right. They get he gets him out. A great cereal, by the way. Right, of great cereal. Um he gets he gets him out incredibly controversial on Fox News. We get Brittany Griner out, but uh, Biden gets Brittany Griner out, incredibly uh controversial on Fox News. Of course, these are difficult deals because they're hostage swaps. I mean, there's just not actually they're not. Ho- it's a hostage versus a prisoner. I mean, yeah, well, mm. and that's 
it's just also, not the it's just not in the realm of which yeah. we could deal with this. I just, I'm glad to see she's home. It, Vic, it Victor, matters. Victor Bout wasn't at a labor camp. Brittany Griner was at a labor camp. Right. You right. know, as a six foot nine inch woman. Prisons Seven. in America are a little different than prisons in <laughs> Russia. But like the, I think one of the valid criticisms of this deal is now how do we get back Whelan? Now we have now we have nothing. But but Whelan, now we have no leverage. Now but, he's just there. But Whelan was in there before she was. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah and, he's been in there since 2018. Right, and it's it's you know I mean. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to get him out. No, of course we should try to get him out, and I think and those pro that's going, but. I'm not 100 percent sure it was on the table. No one's 100 percent sure it was on the table that we could have taken Wheeland instead, it, or that we would. I no, mean, I think that's a terrible look. Also. No, there has been zero reporting, no inkling that there was ever a deal Wheeling for Bout. That you know, it, it, it's it's one of the problems when you make a deal. It was probably on the table before Brittany Griner, and then they grabbed yeah. Brittany Griner and went, "Well, if you're not going to do that mm-hmm. one, we're going to do this one." Well, yeah. I think no, but you if know, it was on the table before Brittany Griner, I mean, Trump would have Trump would have taken that deal. Wheeling for Bout? Yeah, Trump would have, because he's bringing a Marine home. He would have fucking loved that. It would have been it would have been a huge victory for him. Um, but it's it's just tough because like in it's the it's the hard part about making an agreement is that people don't judge the agreement on its merit. They judge it against the perfect. You know, right. what if we did get both for one? What if you know, why couldn't we get Wheeling and Griner for Bout? You know, well, that would have been a better deal. And it's like, yeah, of course that would have been a better deal. That that would have been the ideal scenario, but that's the perfect. And we're dealing with Putin, who is surprisingly not a good faith actor. And like the Russian media has already utilized this and weaponized this against America, saying on their media reports, saying we chose... A, you know, this shows what's wrong with society in America. We chose a black lesbian drug addict over a Marine. I was almost, like, taken aback at how kind of gracious... Which, by, hold on, just by the way, real quick. I do not believe she is a black lesbian drug addict. That's just... Can I also say that's this? That's just like, Russians. I, she's see, 100% black. Quickly. Well, she is black, and she's a lesbian. <laughs> quickly, I almost... She's a woman. A lot of the fervor I've seen hasn't been so much about the whole black drug addict. It's been about she hates America. It's all about that she's, she, had, you know, didn't stand for the anthem. I've heard more pushback about that than about necessarily the drug charge. The fact that we're going to leave the Marine there, but bring that, bring back this athlete that hates America, that disrespects oh, yeah, that, the flag. And I've seen that a lot. I've seen that And it's bullshit, too. That's a war Ingram take. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to on a kind of positive note, I guess, like Paul Whelan's brother was on CNN yesterday, and I was, like, shocked at just how, like, gracious and how just just comes out and says, hey, we're, we are thrilled. I am thrilled that Griner's home. Uh, we hope Paul's time will come, but and I was like, man, uh, I feel in a, in a less you know obviously everything's fucked up. That he could have easily gone on there and, and taken on that sort of he could have gone aggressive, on he like, could have gone what, on what is this what, what is going on, on he could have gone on Fox News Hannity For sure. or Tucker Carlson at eight p.m. with millions of people watching and blasted the deal and. We would have criticized him for it, but he wouldn't have been wrong. His there, brother's still over there. Like, that's... Oh, for sure. Yeah. But he went on CNN probably... I mean, they're... It's hard to say they're moderate, but it's like... They're not MSNBC. I guess uh, his sister well, also spoke today on some pretty, outlet. I don't know what she... They're actually pretty left. Saying. They're pretty um, right-wing now. 
So, you know. Also, the difference, too, that I'm sure his brother kind of, re- like, I hate to... Female civilian, male service person, and sort of, like, I don't know. If if you were in a situation where... You, if you're in a hostage situation with a woman who's a civilian, and you're a male service person, and it's like, hey, it's one or the other, aren't you saying you go? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, aren't any of us sure. are any of us just yeah. doing that? Especially right? like if not that like not that you signed up for this in the service. Not at all. Not That's at all. Not, yeah. But like no, uh, you're if, if if his charges are true, he kinda signed up for it. He knew if it was the espionage is true, <laughs> and then the government definitely be much more. He knew the risk. He knew the yeah. risk. But, but no, I mean I, I, I just think like I'm glad we retouched on this because it's it is important, and, like, this could have been our main topic. Unfortunately, this news uh, was drowned out by prior news. Um, but it is a good thing that Brittany Griner is coming home. Like, I, I saw a picture of her. She cut her hair because it was too cold in the Russian winter. Remember, like, she had long dreads? Oh, yep. yeah. Now she you has, like— on the plane? And, yeah, yeah, now she has short hair, like, cropped yeah, cut. Like, the opposite? You cut your hair for the summertime? Not no, in, not braids. No, not in not braids. Because uh, yeah. every time I would have just loosened the braids. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like it's we're glad she's home. We've been talking about this for well, eight months. Yep, and and now yeah, and 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 I hope she can get her life and her career back. Hopefully, she's kept her spot in the Phoenix Mercury. <laughs> I, I, I that'd be a tough that'd be a tough spot. Yeah, you're benched. Yeah. I think I I I I wanted to mention this quickly. Remember Kim Mulkey. Yeah. Who was her Who was her coach at Baylor? She's not the current Baylor coach. Correct. Back in the spring, Mulkey was very much of a position of well, she got herself into this mess. She can get herself out. She's very much on that corner. And yesterday, the Baylor athletic department, the current women's basketball coach, came out and said, "Hey, our, our prayers were answered. She's coming home. Like this is great. It's great." Mulkey came out and said the same fucking thing, like how quickly times change. Maybe Kim Mulkey realized that that fat McMansion. The fucking vacation home, the country club membership, was built her up. grandkids' fucking college tuition, the boat, whatever. Brittany Griner paid for that shit. And maybe she had a come-to-Jesus moment and realized that. Or maybe she's just a bullshit bad faith artist. Or maybe both. I don't know. But Kim Mulkey coming, I was pretty sickened by it because I thought it reeked of disingenuousness. Yeah. So the link, yep. to the link to the ball there, Kim. So there was a, this was a deal that uh, we heartily approve of. Uh, and after the commercial, we are going to go to a deal, which my guess is we will find more problematic. Next on the Bill Bradley Collective. Excuse me, sir. Coffee, tea, chemotherapy? <laughs> no, no thanks. Maybe later. <clears throat> Hi, I'm a smoker. And while most airlines are turning away my business, I'm glad there's a new alternative for people like me. In the event your cigarettes go out, a plastic mask will drop down, dispensing exhaust fumes directly from our engines. Strap it around your face and inhale normally. <laughs> ah, that's good. So listen, if you like to smoke and you gotta fly, go with the airline that's like an ashtray in the sky. We put the Your local cardiologist for details. So welcome back. So for those of you who do not follow the Bill Bradley Collective or Zach's personal Facebook page, 
this will this may come as a new story for you. Uh, for those of us who do follow Zach on Facebook, he has some takes, and we're going to get into them. Because the railroad strike did not happen based on a 1926 law. The Railway, the Railway Labor Act of 1926. Correct. Passed during Herbert Hoover. Not a friend of labor. Not a friend of labor. Uh, um, but uh, not a friend of labor at all. Um, and the um, a, a, a uh, contract was imposed by the government on um, the railroad workers and their 12 unions. No, it's important to know it was negotiated by the government first. Because the um, this is an important distinction that separates what the railroad workers went through versus what every other union in America goes through, except for the airline pilots. In 99% of labor negotiations, it is between the employer and the workers. They negotiate a deal. They go to a neutral third party. If they can't reach a deal, they come to that deal. They approve it. If management uh, still wants to object to it, they can go to the courts. That is the way collective bargaining works across the country. Or the labor board. Or the labor board. In the railway workers, labor and management negotiates. If they can't come to an agreement, they go to the National Board of Mediators. Correct. But if the National Board of Mediators can't come to an agreement, then the government steps in and the executive essentially negotiates the agreement. And in private sector, for those of you who don't do this uh, for a living, like Zach and I do, in the pro- in the public sector, there's binding arbitration. So teachers do not have go on strike, um, paraeducators do not go on strike, because there's an arbitration process that... Um, settles labor disputes. That settles labor disputes, right? It keeps uh, labor I mean, peace. And state by state. On a state-by-state Yeah, basis. like in Chicago, the teachers go on strike right, kind Illinois, of routinely. Illinois does not have that law, yeah. but, but Connecticut has it. Most states now have binding arbitration, which means that you go to an arbitration, which is, you know, a party of neutrals, uh, theoretically, and they will come to agreement. Everybody makes their last best offer. In, in Connecticut, at least, it's an either-or. But you don't. The whole thing isn't even either or. Each each proposal is either and, or. So you you could say we'll take labor side for year uh, on wages in year one and management's in year two and three. Or and an like arbitrator that. is different than a mediator, which is what the right. railroad workers have. They don't have arbitration. Right. They have mediators, which is a neutral third party that comes in and tries to get them to yes. Right. In the private they, sector, they basically say like, right. oh, you want seven percent, they want four percent. What if we did five and a half? Right. You know, could you live yeah. with that? Like that. That's right. what a mediator. Does. I deal. Um, I negotiate contracts for a living. I deal with one mediator in particular, particular uh, Leslie. I see her more probably than I see my wife uh, because she's in all of the negotiations I do in the private sector, and she doesn't have any authority. But she she can come to like she does sit down sometimes with our side, sometimes the other side, and says this proposal is ridiculous, and you're not you know they're never agreeing to it. So why do why are we still discussing it? Um, that does not happen in the arbitration. By the way, the government can play a role in some of this. Uh, the Lamont, uh, Lamont administration has has either by their but, presence or absence put their fingers on a lot of health care negotiations. They used the bully pulpit and the right. influence of the executive right. versus this, which was the when they couldn't come to an agreement in September, they went to the White House 
and negotiated with Marty Walsh, uh, the right. Secretary of Labor, essentially as the mediator. Correct. And in many ways, what the railroad workers got was not a bad deal. They got, uh, well, let's talk about what the deal they got, because this is a very interesting turn in labor relations. Uh, first of all, when we talk about the labor, before we do that, before we talk, when we talk about the labor union, it's not union, it's unions. There are 12 unions that are not under a similar banner. They're not all Teamsters, for example. No, there are, some are the metal workers, some are the brotherhood of right. train workers. Right. And so they're, all, they're from different unions. Connecticut has this with, with uh, public sector with CBAC. Um, and they, but they negotiate kind of in tandem, and then they do per capita votes. So if you represent fifty thousand workers, your vote is worth ten times than what it is if you represent five thousand workers. Yeah. And what this agreement does is it's twenty four percent wage increases over uh, five years. Uh, it is a thousand dollars bonus. Each of the five years of the contract, it is an eleven thousand dollars, eleven to sixteen thousand dollars in back pay, uh, because this agreement goes back to twenty twenty, and it caps uh, premiums and out of pocket healthcare expenses, which is significant wins uh, for the union. That would be a significant win for many of the contracts we represent. Oh, it would be. Um, uh, it would be. You get twenty four percent over the three years. Over five. Over five. That's oh yeah, I I could beat that. Yeah, that's that's, that's okay. But what the what the union really uh what the workers really balked at was paid sick days. And now this is where it's gonna get a little into the weeds, but I'm 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 gonna try to do just the layman's version of it, uh, to to keep us from getting, you know, too dull. Basically the railroad companies had put in this scheduling system where you would get thirty points. And every 14 days you were on call, you would get an extra certain amount of points. But every time you took a day off for sick leave or for a doctor's appointment or for anything, uh, you got deducted a day. And if you were above 30, it started back at the 30, which is obviously problematic because people have doctor's appointments and people have um, health care emergencies. And people should not be on call 24-7. That is not the way we are built to work is to be on call 24-7, but these workers uh, were essentially on call 24-7. And they were pushing for 15 paid sick days. Uh, The railroad companies were pushing for zero paid sick days. Uh, And the government came in and negotiated zero paid sick days, but one more personal day. And you wouldn't be penalized for having a doctor's appointment but you would also have to take unpaid leave. Um, and one of the things to of note about this issue is that railroad company profits have absolutely skyrocketed in the last 20 to 30 years. In 2001, the leading railroad companies had an operating margin of profit of 15%. So what that means is for every $100 they made, $15 of it were profit. That was 2001. That's still a pretty good deal. That, that's a very high profit yeah, margin. For sure. Yeah. What do you think it is in 2021? Well, it's going to be like 38. 41. 40, yeah. 41. That sounds right. So 41% now. So their profit margins have increased 26%. And they have offered a worse schedule 
and no paid sick days off. This is because, well, this is because realistically there are 12 unions for the railroad workers, but there are only seven companies that run railroads. And they all work together. They all collaborate. They all collude. It, 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 right. It, 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 Amtrak, Western right. Railroad, all the it, it, PNC, what right. all of them. It, it, it's, all, it's just like the, the healthcare systems in Connecticut where they just, there's four of them and they just look at each other and all do the same thing. And, you know, one of the things that struck me as I did the research on this, and this is clearly a labor issue, but it's much more the inevitable result of unfettered capitalism where the powerful just suck all of the money out of the system. And that, you know, I mean, in 1980, they deregulated the railroads. Yes, they did. It was one of the first things Reagan did. Nope, not in 1980. No, it was Carter. It was Carter. Oh, another liberal deregulating, just like Clinton and the banks. Right. It was Carter that did it. But let's let's get into the meat of what happened this week. Can I just a quick question? So the 12 unions... That it seems to sound like they all kind of represent a different like trade within yeah, the different. They call them crafts. Crafts. Craft crafts dudes, excuse right. me. I, I, yeah. Now, what? Why are they not necessarily able to kind of negotiate on their like on their own? Like, why is it? Why? Why are they all? What makes them necessarily intertwined? Where they all have to kind of like take this take this deal it's, that it's because the work is so intertwined that they can't work like realistically they should all be in one union really Re- all railroad workers should be in one union that would make the most sense you would have 115,000 workers in one union that are all represented by one entity but instead what they have because unions are not great at consolidating influence is you have all these splinters that that break off so instead of having one then you have two then you have three then one more breaks off now you have four so all these workers think i'm different than this worker so i need to be represented by somebody who only represents me therefore i need my own union so even between like the guys and gals like on the on the beverage cart and the amtrak versus people doing like the 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 hammering yeah right and and i would i would say this i i represent i am currently representing all of the workers at a hospital. That's three different unions. Okay? Three separate unions. And we, uh, it was not me, uh, the previous rep made sure all the contracts lined up because they thought it built worker power because you could just threaten to all go out together, which is a great idea. That works if everyone has, is pulling in the same direction. If everyone has the same agenda. But that's really hard to do. That's really hard to get people to see that, yes, you're in a job that pays $140,000 a year and is more technically proficient, and this person is in a job that pays, you know, 17 17 bucks an hour and and is, you know, um, is... I hate the term unskilled labor, but it doesn't have the, the requirements of the other job. They don't view themselves similarly, and they don't have the same issues. So to try to get everyone to see that, the we ended up negotiating those three contracts separately. Um, 
and one group signed, and then another group signed, and now the third group doesn't want to sign a similar deal, and they're kind of out on their own, uh, which I have to deal with. So it, it's harder to do than you would think. Why they can't, why each individual, you, well, I mean, but I mean, the truth of the matter is they could go out on strike. It's just illegal. But the thing, <laughs> the thing, the difference with that, that example and the railroad workers is they all vote together. All 115,000, even if they're represented by different unions, right. all vote on the same agreement. Right. It, it's like the CBAC. It's, it's like CBAC, which is what represents Connecticut, represents about 32 different public sector unions. Right. Zach's union and my union are both members of CBAC. We are two, we are the two largest members two largest. of CBAC. But when, when our unions our unions vote, we vote per capita. But there are provisions in that deal that if even the smaller three smaller unions don't want it, then the deal is, is, is scuttled, which is a disaster for now, but even with this deal, uh, the four biggest voted against it. Uh, the eight other, which represented a minority of the workers, voted for it. The four biggest, purely because of the paid sick days uh, law. That was all. That is what this is. In the entire issue is about paid sick days. And there was a and. But let's get into like let's well, get into the meat of what happened well, there, this week. But there was there was an attempt. By the but that's right, yeah, that's right. to to get, not, get to seven sick days. Okay, let's get into that because not by Biden. Biden said, "I don't want anything that will delay or cause undue harm to this agreement." Right. He wanted the agreement that said zero right. paid sick days passed. He but didn't I, want the seven paid sick days passed. I, I, he didn't push for it. He didn't advocate for it. He actively pushed against well, it. Well, I'm not sure how there I did not see in all the research I did any evidence that that he tried to scuttle it. He said I uh, don't I mean, want any, he said I don't want anything that causes right. delay. But what happened was the Republicans said they were going to filibuster it. Cronin, when Cronin who had said he wanted the seven sick days when Cronin came out and said he is now against the seven sick days, they then did not have enough to overcome the filibuster, and in the Senate, that killed it. Yes, you can't still you don't filibuster in the House. You only fill, right. You can only yes. Uh, only the fill. House is run under a different set of right, rules. Right. Yeah. So they. Um, so I mean, but, but it is. I mean, Biden gets no credit. He shouldn't get a hundred percent of the blame either. He, he but, gets no credit. But let's get into what Biden did. And this is where I want to get Andrew's perspective on this, because obviously coming from a labor perspective, I have some opinions about what Biden did. But Biden's justification was that if there was a strike, 765,000 Americans would be laid off. It would cause incredible delays in the middle of inflation, in the middle of Christmas, in the middle of the holiday seasons. It would cause food delays. It would cause all of this stuff. Therefore, the rights of the American people overrode the rights of these railroad workers. He said that. That was a direct quote from him. That even though he's Union Joe, you know, quote unquote, the most pro-union president alive or ever, which was Joe Biden's quote. Uh, he, he was never more pro, he was never more pro-union than FDR. No, FDR is the end-all be-all of union Democrats, and that's who every Democrat should strive to be with better race relations. Right. Same as Eisenhower. Yeah. He's not, he was never Eisenhower. No. But he pushed actively to override the rights of these workers. You know, 
he didn't stand with the workers. He stood with management. Andrew, coming from somebody who is outside labor, you know, on your own, you, you know, we talked about this before. Your paid sick days is not through your employer. It's through your state law. That Rhode Island guarantees you paid sick days. So it's you do have paid sick days, although you can never take them because... It's the nature of the work. It's the nature, it's the nature, of, the it's nature of being in, like, that, 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 that food, retail, hospitality triumvirate. Um, but when you saw this coming up, like, we talked about this a little bit over the last couple of weeks. We talked about this on Sunday uh, when we were watching the Jets uh, had a heartbreaking loss to the Vikings. Yes, sir. Uh, what do you – what's your take on this? What do you, you – know, where do you view – where do you view Biden? Where do you view the Republicans? Where do you view this in general? It's complicated, and if, if you allow me a minute, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the fact that the holiday season. Is, I mean, it's here, and, and Christmas week is fast approaching. And you know, like for me, you know, part of my job, I've never not worked Christmas Eve. You know what I mean? I've never the holidays for me are never a time for time off ever. And they never, and as long as I'm in this line of work, they never will be. Also, and there is sort of oh, also ahead, no, you've never had a unionized job. That is that's fair. Yeah, even even who's unionized in this but, job, there's not. And also, oh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, just saying, like, most unions have Christmas Eve off. You, yeah, well, you've well, never now, been. Now, now. Not, not health care unions. Hold, not health care well, unions. Hold on here. Hold on. Now, what, what is going on? The holiday season. Obviously, food and retail and these things. But also, travel. You know, you know a rail and, 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 and planes. And those people that are on those flights that, that are working, that, that are flying your plane, that are, that are driving your train... That work in the cart, that are working, that are stewards, whatever. There is, I, I feel like there's just an expect. When you're on that flight, you're on that train, you're on that travel, you're traveling for the holidays, whatever. And there's people working that, you know, that trip or whatever. I don't know, and I'm not, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't think most people ever think for one second, like, oh, I wonder what this person's Christmas is like. Oh, they're working through this holiday, whatever. Like, I just think people in that line of work are expected by. I don't know who, I don't society. know what, by, by kind of society and just kind of how it, how things work that, well, these people, this is just what, this is just what they do. And that's, that is the nature of the, somebody's got to, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's, somebody's got to cut that rib roast for you Christmas Eve at four o'clock when you have, when you didn't plan accordingly and you, you don't know what your Christmas dinner is for your big family coming over. Like somebody's got to be there. In the, at the butcher shop at four o'clock, somebody's got to be. I got to get home for the holidays last second. Somebody's got to be driving that, and I just don't think society society treats those people in those jobs as necessarily like not. I mean, equals or as or as value. Like, they don't value they're, them. They're not valued. They're yeah, not. Right. They don't value them at all. And, 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 but like, oh, but to, to answer your question, but I wanted to like, where, the, where did you think about like what did when you saw Congress do the seven days and you saw mm -hmm. Biden kind of. Not be supportive of that, which he wasn't. Yep. You know what was your? T you know you're a Democrat. We all sure. voted for Biden. Yep. We're you know we all we're all happy he won over Trump. There seems to be no difference than if Trump was president, than if Biden was president on this deal. What other Democrat? And I'll say I'll say this: What other? Because I know one guy who stood up was that was Bernie Sanders, who's not Bernie a Democrat, Sanders, who stood up. But what other Democrat is is doing that? Like I like, am I disappointed in Biden? For sure. Absolutely. But I don't see how this would have gone any other way with any other Democrat, honestly. And, 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 I'm, and I am disappointed in Biden, for sure. But I'm more disappointed, and in, in, Ed, you alluded to this off-air, in kind of the process, the procedural aspect of it. How it got to his desk. Like, 
it, I, I it's mean, troubling. I mean, the union leadership did not cover itself in glory. No. Um, one of the union leaders uh, appears on the Steve Bannon show regularly. Yeah. Um, they're disconnected. I, I am not someone who believes in, in some of the, the very, you know, I read some of these things that, you know, we need to get far more aggressive union leadership or whatever. That always sounds great. But if you don't have a way to get to your plan, uh, to, to get to your goal, I don't know how you're going to do it. Um, I did think after reading all of this that, you know, and spending a couple hours on it today, because I had not, I had followed it mostly through you. I was aware of it, but frankly, I'm negotiating my own contracts. Yeah, and I've been fired up about this for like right, two weeks. Right. And, and I negotiate contracts eight hours a day, so the thing I don't want to do when I'm done is yeah. to to read about somebody else's contract. And I've been fired up about this much longer than I'm fired up about most things. Right. Not really. But, um, <laughs> most things get, I've fired up for like a couple of days. This well, one's been well, a couple well, weeks. Like, ultimately, ultimately, it sucks that that they didn't get the extra six six days. It sucks. They didn't get any. They well, didn't get the right, extra seven. Ex, right, extra seven six days. They got an extra day of time. They got a work. personal day. They got a personal day. Okay. Um, they. It sucks that they didn't get time off. Uh, I mean that 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 Biden did not fight harder for them. Or just let him go out. I, I mean, I think letting him go out would have been a very difficult choice. I'm not sure any president would have done that. But because but, I can, I can think of one that would have. Well, yeah, I can think of one that would have too. But ultimately, you know why you're not president? Because you can't win. Yeah. I mean that. I mean that's ultimately an issue. But but, my, but, but my, what I would say is that the the fundamental issue here is that because we deregulated everything, the profit margins now not fifteen percent. It's forty-one percent, and that's across the board. And it's all hedge funds run everything, and there's no corporate responsibility because we've decided as a country we shouldn't have it. And this, to me, is a, is more of a sign. Not that Biden's the worst president ever, but no. Biden was wrong about this. I, I disagree with him. If somebody primaries him, this is going to factor in. But it says mostly. That our economy is so broken, the, so broken oh, that we can't unbreak it at this point. There, there's a great New Yorker article. Um, a, that's a great article. Did you read that? The, yep. the parable of American capitalism with the yeah, that was phenomenal. Right. Um, highly recommend uh, anyone who is interested in this after hearing this, uh, go read that New Yorker article. It's by Jeffrey Danton, I think is his name. But my last thing I wanted to ask you guys before we close up is unions have been the backbone of democratic politics uh, for the last hundred years. Do you think there is any backlash in 2024 from organized labor for Biden's actions? I don't, I'm not sure I'm qualified to, to answer. Um, or do you think they I, go, or do you think uh, they, or I, do you think they go against the Republicans uh, for killing it in the Senate? Is, is that, well, there, see, if they're yeah. going to go, if they're if they're going to be angry, as the, as I think that they're you know very just to be at the Democrats, it's like, well, what's the alternative? You know yeah, what I mean? Worse, worse, worse. Yeah, which is how Democrats always fucking win, which is right. infuriating. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm the, because I'm, we don't have to stand yeah, for anything; but, but, we just have to be less bad uh, than the other guy. I'm sorry, and I'm going to the Working Family Party fundraiser next week, and I'll give them money. I always do. I love the party, 
But I'm not one of those WFP people that says that what we need to do is form a far left oh. party so that and we can lose, lose and lose yeah, every lose. fucking election, but then know that we're right. And then, by the way, when somebody dies, we could tweet all the bad things they did and said, this is why you shouldn't mourn their yeah. death. So I, I like, no, no. There's a reason we live this way. Um, I think, let's face facts, a whole bunch of unions supported Trump. A whole yes. bunch of them did. Yes. Trade unions did. No doubt. Every goddamn police union did. Every police union. Right? All the fire. Except for me. Well, except for AFSCME. A lot of fire did. Like, unions, unions, uh, a lot of unions' flirtation with authoritarianism is, and racism is, you know, we, we can't pretend that, that. We've got ways to go. Yeah, we've got a ways to go. But, like, what we consider organized labor, legitimate labor, they're they're going to support the Democrats. Like that's going to happen. It, it's they're going to go for Biden. I mean, well, if you, you know, I will personally, when this comes up in twenty twenty four, I live in Connecticut. The Democrats going to win anyway. I will personally have second thoughts about voting for Biden if he's the nominee. Um, I'll probably you know I I won't vote Green because fuck them, and I won't vote anyone else because God, what are you doing on the ballot? But I may just skip it. Yeah, I mean, you could do that in Connecticut. I, you I do just, it, yeah, if you live in Wisconsin, yeah. please, for the love of God, vote and, for and, Joe and, Biden. And, and by the way, like, and I love Bernie, we don't need to run that back again. No, we're good. Yeah, we're, we're good. good with Bernie. We're good. We're good. Beto, Bernie, Stacey, we're good. We settled it. <laughs> and with that, we'll say goodnight from the Bill Bradley Collective. As always, we thank you for joining us here. And if you like today's episode, smash that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Let's help grow the collective brand. We'll see you all next week on the Bill Bradley Collective.